Welcome to the Buck and Strutton Podcast, the chronicles of two unlegendary public land hunters. Your home for hunting tactics, strategies, and stories. guys welcome back to the podcast this is episode 20 we're kind of switching gears up here we've been talking whitetails for quite some time so spring is just right upon us this is going to be the first edition of our spring series Longbeard addicts and today we're joined with cameron weddington who's known on instagram as the godfather 49 and also is the co-host of the turkey hunter podcast so cameron if you kind of want to lead us off and introduce yourself tell us a little about you man i am afflicted by turkey hunting and i'm glad we're talking about it and not deer today because it wouldn't be much of a topic with me so (laughs) i live in tennessee started turkey hunting when i was you know pretty young boy and just got ate up with it so now i'm here and trying to kill a turkey in every state which is pretty much seems like it's everybody's goal on earth right now but um that's about it man i'm a Dude. financial advisor by day and a turkey hunter at heart i just sit in the office and think about turkeys most of the time hell yeah that sounds good to me i feel about <laughs> the same way is that the u.s super slam with no decoys that you got mentioned in your bio on your page yeah so that's killing a turkey in every state that has one every state other than alaska so that's 49 and you know i started it a couple of years ago and there wasn't much you know, I knew two people, I think, that were doing it. And, man, it's, you know, Dave Owens, I don't know if y'all know who that is with the Penhody Project. He's done it, and I think it really got it going in popularity. I mean, you meet anybody these days. Yeah, are you a turkey hunter? Yeah, I'm trying to kill one every state. That's cool. How many states you got? Oh, two. You know, I'm fired up about it. I'm like, man, you're really going for it, huh? <laughs> so where, uh, where are you at right now? along the lines of your progress with it well so i've killed in 19 states and i'm hoping by the end of this year to be over the halfway point and i should be around 25 to 28 depending on how the season goes but this year is kind of will be considered successful if i can knock nevada out because nevada is one of the hardest ones to get for the super slam folks just because there's five non-resident tags for the whole state so it's pretty hard to get a tag i did not know that so there's only five non-resident tags available every year correct unless the only other option is to pay a landowner and get his tag but kind of my goal with the whole thing is to kill a turkey in every state i don't use decoys you know that's just a personal preference but i also want to do it without paying for a turkey you know what I mean? And I don't have anything against doing guided hunts. Like I probably will do some throughout my life, but I just think it'd be cool to do it without paying a thousand bucks for that turkey. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. I guess I can uh, go ahead and start us off with 
you know, some points we'll go ahead and talk about. Like, do you hunt primarily public, private ground, or how do you usually go about that? I hunt both. And, you know, out of state hunts is a lot more public. And then I have some private land I can hunt around here and I hunt public too. And past couple of years, I've kind of made it a point to try to kill my birds on public just because I've kind of gotten fond of the turkeys on our private land. And I don't want to kill my own, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, That's kind of been the thing. And, but, you know, I have people ask me all the time. They're like, man, so you public only, you know, everybody kind of thinks that killing a turkey on public land is the, the thing to do. They're way harder and all this stuff. I mean, all the, the only difference between that turkey being public and private is one step. If he ta- if he steps on the right side of the trees on private land, left side is on public land. You know, I mean, it, there's nothing different. But mm-hmm. if a farmer tells me I can hunt his property in Illinois, you bet your bottom dollar I'll go kill a turkey right there and won't think twice about it. I just I don't want to do the guide and hunt deal for my super slam, and that's just my personal thing. But I'm not going to pass up free access to private land. I can promise you. <laughs> Yeah, I don't blame you much on that. Public property to hunt's kind of hard to come by around anymore. Get enough guys want to get out and, you know, they're wanting to hammer and get after it. Yeah, public private land can be hard to come by. Public's pretty easy around here where we live. And yeah. it sucks, too, in the spring. Because, like, I mean, this last year, with the pandemic, it was crazy. Because we had guys all over the place, like Arkansas. Oh guys from California were hunting over here. And it's, yeah, it was ridiculous. Everyone's. It was a disaster, man. It was the worst thing that could have happened. Oh, Um, yeah. Turkeys already are declining, especially in the southeast. And then you throw that pandemic where nobody had anything better to do than to go kill turkeys. Created a lot more hunters, which, you know, you can think one way or the other on that. But I, I think creating more killers of turkeys probably isn't a good thing for turkeys. And so you had that plus people just were smoking them. I mean, the Easterns especially got destroyed. So it it was a perfect storm for the turkeys and made for a lot of hunts with a lot of other people around you last year. It was intense. Oh yeah, for sure. I'll be, I'll be surprised if a lot of those like roosting routines that a lot of the birds on some of the public, you know, I've had patterned around here. I wouldn't be surprised if they weren't pushed further back in there or, everything was completely changed by how floods and waves of people were just coming in and busting birds off the roost and disturbing certain areas. But yeah, Yeah, it wasn't just hunters either. Like there were just hikers, dog walkers, bicyclists and horse riders. I mean, there was people everywhere. (laughs) Oh yeah. Anything outside. And it just was a, it was an interesting year for sure. I hope we never see anything like it again. We'll see. This year, you know, I'm already hearing reports. Everybody's like, they're just not gobbling yet and all this stuff down south. And I'm like, well, they may not be gobbling because a lot of them got killed. And yeah. dead turkeys don't gobble very much. So <laughs> you may be hearing less birds because they all died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's the quote of the day. Dead turkeys don't gobble. Yeah. They, they have a hard time gobbling in the pot. That's for sure. So usually, like, for a guy in your case going around trying to get the super slam or guy hunting multiple states you know or even when you get to a new property what are what are some of the things that you're looking for going into a new property 
Well, you know, I've usually map scouted months ahead of time. I mean, I start map scouting whatever state I'm going to hit the next year in June when this season ends. You know, I, I just can't get enough of it. I love the whole process. So, you know, if I have a buddy that's been there and he's willing to share information, I'll take him up on that all day. But if I'm kind of just totally blind, you know, I'll look for a piece of property that just looks like it should have turkeys. And it's, you know, you look up the state and you can see which counties have turkeys. Most states, all the counties have turkeys at this point, but you can kind of get a general census of the state and realize that, hey, the east side of that state seems like where the majority of the birds are. And so that kind of narrows it down. Well, here's this big block of public land, you know, that's on that property. And I can look at that and kind of tell, you know, here's an area of that land that, you know, doesn't have 25 roads crisscrossing through it everywhere. And there's a lot of diversity of habitat that looks like, you know, some young pines, which would make some good nesting. There's some older pines, you know, and some hardwood draws with some creeks running through it. You know, just all kind of, there's a cut over or some open clover fields or whatever from a map. And you can just tell it has everything a turkey needs for that spring cycle of kind of the hens are going to be getting protein and trying to get healthy so that they can raise young ones and nest. So that's stage one. And then they're going to transition into nesting phase. And so you, you, you got to look at a map and think what stage are they going to be at? And does this 400 acres that I'm looking at hunting hold all of those things? And so I kind of look at that and that's it. I mean, then you just show up. <laughs> in my case, I'll leave Friday after work and get there sometime in the wee hours of Saturday morning, show up at a gate and go in there and hope you picked a good spot. <laughs> Hell yeah. Dustin, real quick, I want to ask him, uh, what, what terrain features, if you're looking at a topographical map, what terrain features are you looking for? So I'm going to, I'm going to look for, you know, I'll go, I'll swap from topo to satellite, topo to satellite, just a hundred times, you know, I mean, it's, you want, if it's an area, I mean, you know, who knows if it's a swamp bottom, the topo is almost useless. Like it's all flat and it's all swampy, you know, but if it's hill country, I'm going to look for creeks, you know, that are going to have water, you know, that are, I can tell by the topo, like this area has got some water, no doubt. Even if it's pretty dry year, it's going to have water. And I want to be able to hear, you know, if there's a bunch of little creek systems or, or little draws and drainages running around like a certain ridge, I want to be able to hear at least three drainage heads. And if I can hear three of them, there's a good chance I can hear a turkey gobble in one of the three. And, you know, if I can hear him gobble, that means I got to hunt. You know, I mean, that's, that's stage one. You got to hear him gobble and then you know where to spend your time. So I'll get on a ridge that I know I can hear three or four creek drainages from. And then if that one doesn't work out, I usually have plan B, plan C, plan D off that same ridge that I can, you know, sometimes if I don't hear one gobble and I know it's good goblin light, I will literally be running down a ridge to the next area. You know what I mean? Because I've already heard that whole half mile. So I got to get a half mile out of there and start listening to the next half mile. <laughs> that makes right. sense. And like, you know, you try and say get turkeys a shot gobble i mean i've done it myself in my earlier years of 
turkey hunting or some of my earlier experiences going by myself, it's like, you kind of have to think back and remember, it's like, you know, any bird that's within a earshot of hearing, if he doesn't gobble the first or second or third attempt that you've got a locator, if he's not gobbling, there's, it's a pretty good chance. I mean, he may gobble later that day, but as far as that morning, he's likely, he's not going to say anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I read a lot of books and Charlie Elliott, he said in his book, he said, I'm hunting gobbles more than I am turkeys, you know, and I think that's about the truth. I mean, I, I don't, if I want to hunt something that's quiet and I sit there and wait on him, you know, I'll go deer hunting. I'm out there turkey hunting for the gobble, man. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. want to hear him gobble. I want to hunt him that way. I want him coming in, you know, screaming his brains out. That's how I want to hunt him. So I, I'm not out there trying to find a turkey that's, you know, just going to come slipping in silent. I mean, I'll shoot him if he does, but I'm wanting to find one that's vocal. So that's the way I go about it. And if he's not gobbling, I'm not going to sit there and wait three hours on him to gobble. I'm moving and I'm trying to find one that's ready to gobble. Yep. Yep. That's, that's about the best way to go at it. Especially if, you know, you're running gun style. It's like, I see a lot of people. It's like, I mean, no hate on them or anything. You hunt the way you want to hunt, but it's like, people are like, Oh, we just set up here on a Creek drainage or whatever, or on a bench. We call it prospecting. and I call it deer hunting for turkeys. And it's just like, you sit there and you call, you may get one to gobble, but you're watching an area where turkeys might come through flock of hens might come in and feed a tom may come in on a strut zone or just slip in and yeah you're waiting to ambush one pretty much and to me that's not that much fun i'm into the bouncing back and forth get one fired up get them gobbling hot and heavy and trying to break them over so i I fall turkey hunt and spring turkey hunt and my time to ambush them and set up on the sign and shoot a silent turkey's the fall i mean Mm -hmm. that's kind of how you hunt them then i mean you only get spring turkey season for three months. I mean, I want to see the show, man. Like, I, I don't want to see him feeding on some acorns and slowly walking by. Like, I want him screaming in my face and strutting in, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's turkey hunting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hear that spitting like, and drumming. Yeah, I mean, like- that's <laughs> what I crave. Like, I don't, I don't get the adrenaline rush out of seeing a, a Tom eating and I shoot him in the head when he – looks at something you know that, that doesn't get me like a turkey that's coming in drumming you can't see him and all of a sudden you just see a little flicker of that tail fan come out i mean that right there you just you can't beat that that's it word for word right there i've killed multiple birds and that's the first thing i pick out is tail fan him oh, coming yeah. up over a hill then you see pretty pretty red white and blue head oh yeah that's where it's at man that's right you just hear that you hear on the back side of that hill that you oh know, yeah uh, he's here that's down to a t right there <laughs> yep that's turkey hunting to me so that, i mean that's what i'm after and i i'll deer hunt them you know if i'm in a different state i'm gonna hunt all day and maybe the last hour and a half of light i'll go set up in a likely roosting area and just sit and because i've never had much success calling turkeys in in that last hour and a half Mm-hmm. And so I'll go set up on a roost, you know, what I think might be a roost or maybe where he's roosted that morning, maybe he'll come back and I'll kind of deer hunt him then if I'm out of state. But I mean, I don't fool with that in my home state because I don't want to waste a tag doing that. But 
if I'm out of state, I'm trying to kill a turkey as quick as possible, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's about the only time I'll do it. I'll run and gun all day. I mean, Georgia this weekend, Saturday, I went 11 miles and then I set up for the last hour to light and still didn't kill a turkey, but that's just how I hunt. Yep. And to kind of go back on it too, like when you're talking, when you're finding an area, you know, where you want to start to see if you can't hear anything gobble or get anything to talk and getting up on a ridge top or on multiple like creek heads or anything, you know, let's say you do get lucky enough. You're in a position where you have multiple birds that are gobbling around you. And I've talked to different people about it and everyone has their own different equation to the formula. You know, it's like, well, I'm going to go after the one that gobbles the most. I'm going to go after the one that gobbles the closest or I'm going to go to the one that's easier to maneuver the terrain and set up on them, try and slip in back behind them or something. How do you usually go about picking a specific bird out of a number of gobblers first thing in the morning? I'm reluctant to tell you this, but I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) The, the highest, if it's, if it's hill country, the highest roosting Turkey, he's the one you want to kill. If he if if you got four of them gobbling down in the bottom, and he's there at the very bottom, they probably have hens, and that's why they're down there. You know, unless it's really windy or something. You know, if there's weather reasoning to it, that makes sense. But if you reason through this, if I'm a turkey and I don't have any hens, and I know I'm going to try to find hens tomorrow, where am I going to gobble from? Am I going to gobble from down? over the creek at the very bottom or do I want to be up on top on a knob Mm -hmm. you know and so they get to gobbling up there trying to broadcast as far and wide as they can because they're alone whereas the ones that have hens already and he's roosting down low he's with his hens like that's where they're going to roost you know down out of the wind it's nice and comfortable they don't care so he roosts with them down there so if there's a couple turkeys gobbling and one's way up high and a bunch of them are down in the bottom, go to the high turkey. He's the one that's ready to die. And <laughs> I mean, that's the way I reasoned through it. And and it has paid off for me. I mean, and then the other thing is, I mean, the the you can if you hunt them enough, you can tell by the gobble almost like. I hunted in Minnesota last year and I only was there one morning and got my turkey, but a tur- two turkeys started gobbling right at first light. One of them was literally like 80 yards from me. The other one was like a half mile, you know? So obviously I'm like, okay, cool. I got one right here. I'm going to kill him. Well, the morning goes on and I mean, he's just every 30 minutes, you know, he, oh, and like there wasn't much power in his gobble. He's just kind of, mm-hmm. You know, he's just good gobble every now and then, I guess, just because he's a turkey, you know. Meanwhile, the one half mile away is just every living breath in his body was a resounding gobble, you know. <laughs> like, this turkey was dying to find a hen. Meanwhile, the one right by me could care less, not answering my calls. He's just kind of every now and then at a crow or whatever. So, I mean, I get up and leave a turkey that's 80 yards from me. Walk around him and go to the other one and killed him in 20 minutes you know and that's just you can tell like okay this one doesn't seem like he's ready to die today that one is desperate to find a hen 
Oh yeah. I'm glad that there's like, I'm glad I find someone that like I can relate to as far as like the only person I can really that said about near the same thing that you did is my dad. And one of the main guys that I've turkey hunted with. And it's like, you can tell it's like, you got a Tom. It's like, he's gobbling just a gobble. He does it every spring. He lets one off. Everyone knows he's there, but the, the ones that are the most fun and the ones to get on top of are those ones that you were just saying right there, every breath and every bit of his body is just forced into that voice. And he's just screaming his head off. Like he wants every hen in the woods to know I'm over here. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to rock. Yeah. They can control the volume of their gobble a lot more than people realize. I mean, I, I've had them right there in front of me and they gobble and it's just, you know, it's not much to it. And then I've had them at literally a mile away. You can just hear them, you know, it's cracking. Like they're just screaming. So you, you can tell by the volume, like if he's desperately wanting a hen or is he just gobbling because he can, you know, like, oh, they're running pro. I'm going to let him know I'm here to gobble, gobble, you know, whatever. He's just, you know, he's going to moping around almost. Meanwhile, that crack off the front and they're just screaming it. I mean, that's one you want. Like, he's, there's a reason he's gobbling loud. He wants company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, with that, it's like when you start reading a bird, and by that, like what we're talking about right here, you know, how loud is he gobbling? Is it soft or is it just absolutely ear-piercingly screaming at you? When you start to read a bird, like when are you starting to decipher, okay, am I going to call aggressively here? Like I'm a very eager hen. I'm going to cut loud. I'm going to yelp loud. Or when do you kind of make those judgment calls? Well, maybe I'm just going to call soft and lead them in and try and be more seductive with them. You know, let off those like soft purrs, clucks. How do you usually determine and go about that? I'd say my, my strategy is almost like a bell curve. And with my calling, while he's on the roost, I'm not going nuts at him by any means. I don't do, I won't do like a crazy fly down cackle, you know, all that crap. I will do a fly down with a wing or my hat, but I don't cackle on top of it, you know. But on the roost, while he's in the tree, I try to pull one answer from him. And that's, you know, I'll just kind of, you know, a couple bubble clucks and a little yelp. And if he'll gobble at me, and I know it's at me once on the roost, I'm done. Like, he knows where I am. We're good. And then when I think he's about to fly down or if he's already – I'll usually let him fly down first, and then I'll do a fly down with the wing or a hat or whatever. And then the reason I say it's like a bell curve, so I'm way down here, I'll try to really step things up, you know, when he comes down and get him – tore up about it you know what i mean where he's just you know i'm tap 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 and he right on top of it and i answer him back he gobbles again i mean i really fire him up and then i'll trail it back off and kind of make him think that man we were we were into each other like we really (laughs) liked each other and then all that but she's not talking to me like what's going on i need to go see what's up you know that kind of thing and so that's kind of what how my strategy goes. I mean, if the turkey's not gobbling that much and he's the only one I can hunt, 
I don't hear any other birds and he's just every now and then maybe I won't step it up as much but if I can take it from like you know he knows where I am to I'm hot and ready come and get me and then get trail off again he's gonna come over there and look for you you know what mm -hmm. I mean right because the more you make him gobble on the roost you're just letting every you're letting all your competition know hey oh yeah there's your boyfriend right over there the hens are notorious because like you get the real thing in front of him and kiss your chance goodbye give it a couple hours he may fire back up again but no doubt no doubt there's no stopping the real deal no doubt and the, i mean i've had turkeys that don't have hens and i've caught you know in my younger years before i figured this part out i i would call to him a lot on the roost because they'll gobble at it you know and there's nothing better than feeling when you're young and calling is one goblin at you but then at 10 o'clock 9 30 he's still sitting in the roost tree and you're like what in the world you know well he's figured it out he's sitting up there goblin and the hens are supposed to come under his tree and he's gonna pitch down to him well you mm -hmm. obviously can't go walk up under his tree because you're not a hen so he, <laughs> yeah. he sits up there and waits and he's like well she's not coming i'm getting a little skeptical i'm gonna pitch silently out the other way and get the heck out of here and i've had him do that to me i don't know how many times when i was younger and i'd call too much on the roost so yeah you're right you don't want him gobbling a bunch on the roost he might gobble up more hens more hunters you know whatever and two if you call to him too much He'll sit up there and wait to see a hen before he comes down. And if he doesn't, he won't go that way. Right. And plus two, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times myself. And, you know, it's one of the questions that still breaks over in the back of my mind. Because what's so cool about turkeys is that every one of them is different. They all make their own rules. They're, they're just like us. They have their own personalities. They talk their own way. And it's like, you know, what do you do? kind of that situation because i feel like it happens to all of us you know that bird he gobbles and i mean he hammers his head off because he has no hens and he's lonely looking for love but yet you might be dealing with a three maybe a four-year-old tom where he knows better and he knows his own game well i'm gonna sit here as soon as i hit the ground i know that hen ought to be with me yeah. what kind of is your how do you go about breaking over an old mature tom when all he's really doing is going down quote unquote to say like a strut zone and he's just sitting and spinning in circles throwing sound out letting everyone know he's there how do you usually go about breaking over that tom and getting him to come into you yeah i mean there's so many situational like things that can happen with that a lot of those gobblers will come down and like they don't now, some of them will do this where they just stand in like a five-yard circle and they're going to sit there and gobble till they get a hen. But most of them kind of have like a, a ridge or a field and they'll kind of gobble on one end and then walk down to the other end and gobble and come back and gobble and, you know, do that number back and forth, going up and down a ridge finger, that kind of thing. If I can tell that's what he's doing, as soon as he gobbles on one end and I've kind of got him timed at that point, I'll start hauling tail to get to that spot because I know he's headed to the other end to gobble. And then when he starts coming back to gobble again, I'm sitting there waiting on him. And so I've had that work for me. You know, that can work. You can bust a lot of turkeys doing that too. But the other, you know, strategies would be 
you can he gobbles and you can tell he's stuck you know he's gonna sit right there and gobble at you all day but he's not coming a step closer you can walk towards that turkey and call while you're walking at him and i mean just walk straight at him and get you know not so close he can see you but you're calling you're acting like i'm a hen and i'm coming to you buddy you know here i come and he's probably getting excited like oh man she broke she's coming you know well then you stop and turn around and walk back and start calling and he's like what in the world she was coming like what happened she lost interest does she not hear me you know and and then sometimes that'll break them and you can go back to your original setup at that point and kill him you know a lot of times i'll walk past a certain tree calling and then i'll run back up and sit down right there and and that can work i mean there's so many those turkeys that hang up like that and just have their zone you you got to pull out that's when you got to start pulling out you know every little trick in the bag kind of thing you might even gobble at him you know there's all kind of stuff you can try to pull on that joker but those are the ones that are fun right there because you got to scratch your head for a minute and think what can i do to convince him to break you know and it's like if you ever get him to step across that imaginary line it's on <laughs> yeah I'll pull him in on a string at that point yeah, you, it's like if I can get him off that hill, it's on. But he's just oh, yeah. loving it right there. And so, oh. I've, you know, if you have two people, one can walk away calling and leave one sitting. I mean, there's all kind of ways to do it. But the basic premise is make him think the hen is leaving or make him think the hen is further away than you really are. And it, maybe he'll come investigate to a point and you can kill him you know right and it's like this reminds me of like last spring with the bird i got the closest to because i had pretty good drought last year of my turkey action i wasn't able to get a bird because i mean with the excess of hunters and everything else that was going on in the woods but i had one bird fired up and this bird, it was like, it was one of them that would just gobble at everything. He'll gobble at woodpeckers. He'll gobble at crows. He'll gobble at owls. He'd gobble at a truck door slamming. And it wasn't until I crept in on him, acting like a hen or two, you know, scratching through leaves. I was kicking leaves on my way to him, had him gobbling and fired up. Finally sat down about 100 yards from him on the backside of this little hill. It wasn't until I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to throw a Jake Yelp at him and see what happens. Yeah. And it's just one of them little things, you know, it's just like, well, now there's another old boy over there trying to get in with my hens. And all of a sudden you just hear leaves crunching, just and here he come running and here I was ready to go. And I was looking straight in front of me, you know, I started hearing him spitting and drumming and I got to thinking, man, he's coming through. I'm getting good at this public land by myself. And then all of a sudden, out from the left, like 60 yards away, here he comes around the side in my peripheral. Mm. And I thought, oh, no. I was like, what am I going to do now? Because I've gotten to the point. I'm going to have to break over, you know, kind of being a newbie. A, a decoy is nice to have. But at the same time, a decoy can be can set you back further than what you wanted to because a smart Tom like this one was will stop and expect that hen and eyesight. Hey, you need to come over here to me 
and we're yeah. going to go back on down the ridge together. Well, that's exactly what happened in this case. He outswung me coming from behind and froze up, and I wasn't able to move or do anything because at that point I would have just busted him for moving. But eventually he sat over there long enough out in the wide open, spitting and drumming, and then he finally putt and ran off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, they, you know, if they flank you and pull a trick like that, I mean, just tip your hat, you know, he beat you. <laughs> That's all you can do. You know, they're, they're, some turkeys are going to do that. Like, that, that's all you can do. If he beats you, he beats you. And that's that's why we're out there. I mean, it wouldn't be much fun if we won every time. You oh, yeah. Know, we went a couple it, times, but yeah, it's, it's the pretty ultimate. cool to me to see an old turkey. Like, I, I just about enjoy that as much as shooting them, is seeing an old turkey pull that trick on you. You mm-hmm. know? He gobbles right there in front of you and you're ready to kill him. Then all of a sudden he's right there next to you. You know, oh, yeah. he circled oh, you. I mean, that that to me is so cool that they have learned that tactic. Oh yeah. That's one of them that, you know, the kind that can come in and best you. Those are the ones that I think those are the ones that are most fun to hunt because that's where the chess match, that's where it begins. You know, you get to talking to him, you make him break over, but then when he flanks you and does that, yeah, it makes it, it makes it a lot more exciting and it makes you just that much more hungry to get back out there and do it again. Like this spring, all I can tell Everett is if he's still alive, if he's ready to play checkers, I'm here to play chess. Yeah. That's all I can say to him. Now, as far as like the timber goes, I mean, I feel like it's pretty well covered, but like, how do you outmaneuver a bird per se in an open area, like a field or lower cow pasture or something you know you have no cover to move around in and say he's smack dab in the middle of it how what in what way would you try and break over or outmaneuver him man i don't hunt field turkeys much just because i hate them but they figure you know some of them it's like they figure out that those fields are their that's their survival tactic is like i'm gonna fly down and go out this field and they won't get near the edge you know they know that's kind of where they can be safe and so with those field turkeys i mean you got to figure out a way to get him to come to the edge and you know for me i don't use decoys so that's a lot more difficult if i had decoys you have a visual that he can see you know but i'm basically going to use any kind of roll in a hill i mean if you, or any grass i mean there there's so many things you can do that like if you're standing you don't even see it but if you lay down and look at the surroundings a little bitty ditch that runs out towards that turkey i mean you can crawl down that and he can't see you and so you have to really examine the situation and try to see anything you can do to get closer to him without revealing your position and at that point, you can kind of call from the edge, get him interested, maybe drifting that way a little bit, and then crawl as much as you can towards him. You know, I used like a little uh, drainage thing where the rainwater was running off this ridge, you know, when it would rain, and it just washed out a little gully. And so I did that last year to a turkey that had fooled me twice the same morning. He came to 80 yards, turned around, left, came to 80 yards turn around left twice and this was a field turkey and so the third time 
I called real hard. He gobbled, and I knew he was going to do the same thing again. I got in that little gully and crawled 40 yards. Well, when he came to 80 yards that time, it was over, you know. <laughs> so it, it you just have to, like, don't look at it standing up because it's like, man, it's all flat. You know, get down there and look and be like, all right, what can I use to get 10 yards closer, 20 yards closer? Any inch I can get closer is another step he doesn't have to take. So what can I use to get closer to him? But right. Or you could just say forget field turkeys and go hunt woods turkeys. They're more fun anyway. Yeah, that's that's about the route I usually like to take. When they get in the field, it's like, all right, Nick, we're loading up. We're going down the road. More big timber. Yep. Yeah. Let's get after it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a woods turkey guy, so. Yeah, turkey hunting, that belongs in the woods. Like, Because that's what gets me. It's like, you know, you're talking about hunting different states and go up after the super slam how do you go about like hunting a state like kansas nebraska anywhere i mean like big merriam states where a lot of it is open ground i mean how do you usually go about doing have that have you ever hunted merriam's or rios i never have i would love to but nope never have well you know if you grow up hunting the easterns hunting merriam's not nearly as difficult <laughs> really I mean, they they do rely on their eyesight a lot more. And, you know, any Rio or Merriam can be a difficult turkey if he's been pressured enough. But as a general census of the population, their wariness of humans is not nearly as alert as an Eastern. And so you, you just... It's open territory, but they, you know, they're going to have to come drink water out of a creek. You know, they're, they're not going to just go stand out in the broiling sun in the dead center of a field. You know, if it gets hot out there, they got to come back to the shade trees. I mean, you, you can kill them. And they're so much more vocal than our Easterns. They're just, they don't have that, you know. And Eastern, to me, thinks – when he hears calling, he thinks that could be a hen, but it might be a hunter. A Miriam is like, oh, that's a hen. She loves me. You know, I'm going over there. <laughs> what would you go ahead? Oh, my bad. Well, what like what would you say as far then as like the Osceola gobblers in Florida? Man, the I've only hunted them once. And the thing that I did not realize. And, like, it took me a couple of days to, to figure it out is you can't hear those jokers unless they're close. I mean, if you're hunting out in an open field or orange grove, yeah, you probably can hear them a ways off. But I was hunting them in the, you know, palmettos and thick woods. And every tree in Florida has, like, a gigantic leaf on it. And their gobble, literally, if you can hear him, he's, like, less than 200 yards. And so that was a big step for me going from these booming Easterns early season when no leaves are on the tree. You know, you can hear him at a half mile easy, sometimes a mile. Well, these Osceolas, I mean, if you can hear him, he's not far. Like, it, you're probably ready to set up and hunt, you know. And it's flat, but it's so dang thick. You can move in pretty dang close on them before calling. And, it, I mean, it's just – Florida is South Florida, the Everglades. It, it's 
un, it's like a whole new world. You feel like you're in like Vietnam in the jungle. I mean, it's crazy. But that's the one thing is like if you grow up hunting Easterns or Merriams or whatever in these kind of more open areas with without leaves on the trees and that kind of thing, you need to like realize that their gobble doesn't carry nearly as far. It's more humid. There's huge leaves that dampen those sounds. He's not as far as you think in Osceola country. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty interesting, you know, it's like, cause even here you can tell a difference in the gobbles, like from in Missouri, we got a, about a three week season. The first week of season, everything's still dead. Nothing's grown back yet. You can hear them for miles upon miles away even the most famous gobble but by the end of week three when all the leaves are lush and green and everything yeah it's it's a complete difference yeah we'll take those oak leaves and like 10 times the size and put them on a palmetto i mean it just you can't hear those jokers very far and that's why everybody i think is kind of like all these osceolas they don't gobble as much i think they gobble just as much they just you can't hear them as far you know (laughs) Right. And then for say too, it's like, I mean, you know, there's the rumors and I guess Osceola's kind of go against the norm if that's the case. And I mean, I know there's a lot of Easterns and Merriams and Rios that would even go against us too. What's your take on like the old suspected like rumors or wives tales it's like oh if you got a bird that's up on a hilltop he won't come down it but he'll come back up to the hill to check what's going on a bird won't cross a creek or any kind of water source or a bird won't cross a fence what what's your take on that if he's lonely enough he'll you can't keep him from getting to you i mean yeah if he's got 50 hens with him on top of the hill no he ain't gonna come down the hill he wouldn't come up the hill. He wouldn't go left or right on the hill. You know, like it's a matter of the turkey. And Brent, I mean, heck, just a couple of weeks ago here in Tennessee, I was out and I knew I had roosted these turkeys. And I mean, I'm just nuts about it. So season isn't even open, but I went out in the rain to go call them up and look at them because I just love looking at them. But they all flew down on the other side of this river, literally a, like a massive good sized river and I got one of the hens so ticked off at me that she flew across the river well the other 30 (laughs) hens flew with her and two gobblers and they all came within 10 yards of me so they will I mean those turkeys live there they fly across that river every day to go from feeding zone to feeding zone so no that that's you know if I had the choice you know would you rather sit above or below a turkey? I'd probably rather be above him, you know, but that can't always happen. So you just get the best setup you can and go with it from there. And I mean, you can get him to fly a creek, you can get him to fly a river, he can cross a fence. But if he's not interested enough, maybe he won't, you know. It, but if he is that desperate to find a hen, that turkey will literally do anything in his power to get to you. He has the capability to fly, walk, can't swim, but he can fly it. And he can, he will do it if he wants to, you know? (laughs) Right. 
it, but, it baffles me too because it's like you know you get to watching birds or if you have birds coming on you and it's going to happen to the best of anybody you can have the prettiest oak timber sitting in front of you and it's just nice beautiful open you can see 200 yards through the trees and these little breakaways and everything looking down on a ridge side and then off to your left or your right or even back behind you can be the nastiest thorniest briar infested just most miserable stuff to walk through yeah and have one come through it yeah yeah they you know especially as public land turkeys they they kind of figure out that's advantageous to them to not reveal themselves to the location until absolutely necessary you know in my opinion so they'll they'll kind of keep something between you and man i tell you i was in georgia this weekend and on sunday i got into a real heat of battle with one and you know we were going good off the roost i thought i was about to kill him but a couple hens came in and led him away and so i decided you know i'm gonna leave him alone i'll come back and kill him at noon you know and so i leave and go try to find a two-year-old and didn't find one you know to kill and so i came back at noon i got him fired up and the only thing he would gobble at was gobbles. And so I was gobbling at him and he's gobbling at me. And then he would gobble and I'd gobble at him. You know, we were just gobbling back and forth and he was above me and I couldn't get above him because he was on the highest point in the entire freaking place. Like that was it. And so I had to set up on a bench below him. And so I'm gobbling, he's gobbling, I'm gobbling, you know, and then all went quiet and three hens and two jakes come walking down to my front right so i think all right you know he's right behind them you know anybody would probably think the gobbler's with the hens and jakes you know he's going to be right behind them so i'm watching them with my gun pointed right there waiting on him well they go off the side of the hill to my right you know 10 yards they're right freaking there and so I pick up my box call and gobble on it. Well, this turkey blows my dead gum left eardrum out of my head. I mean, he's he's right there. And I look over and there he is, half strut running up the hill, just PO'd that there's another turkey in there. And I was like, holy crap, this is nuts, you know. And, and so I see this big pine tree and I'm like, well, when he goes behind that, I'm going to kill him. You know, I'm going to swing and kill him. And he goes behind that tree. I can't see him, not one feather of him. Cannot see any of it. I swing and aim to shoot. Never saw that turkey again. I mean, that's the ultimate trick they can pull on you. They will get something between you and them, and then they it's like they just tunnel and leave. But what they do is they get something between you and them, and then they walk straight away or run straight away, and you, you won't see them. Like, they got that deal figured out. That's what he did. And I never saw him come out the other side. I mean, I sat there for 20 minutes sweating with my teeth freaking gritted, waiting to kill this turkey. Never saw him again. Right. I mean, that's like, that's exactly what happened to me last spring. And, you know, I couldn't figure out because it always seems like they do that to you. They get to the point you can just barely see him, and it hurts to look out of the corner of your eye for that long. And you're staring him down and you're watching the breath coming out of his mouth because of the chill that morning. And I yeah. mean, when they take off and they get, yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to the next county over. Like they are gone. Yeah. They, the weird thing they do to me 
and I know this is a fact, they see you, you know, they know like, okay, there's a hunter. He's trying to kill me. And they got it figured out. They'll keep walking towards you if it means that's what they have to do to get something between you and them. I've seen it with my own eyes. And the, the tell for that, and I'm sure you're aware of this, but if a gobbler ever puts his wings up behind his back, and I call it packing their bags, if he kind of just shuffles those two wings up just right above his back, you know, shuffles them a little bit, he mm-hmm. sees you. He's about to leave, no doubt. That is like – that's his signal to all the other turkeys that might be around that I see something when you get out of here. And so it's, it's real subtle. I mean, you just have to see it. But I have seen a gobbler do that, and they pulled that trick on me 20 times before I ever killed one that did it. But they would do that, get behind a tree, never see him again. Do that, get behind a bush, never see him again. You know, that kind of thing. Well, I finally, one day, one of them did it. And he's in gun range, but I couldn't swing to kill him, you know. And he got that tree between us. Well, instead of sitting there and letting him run off, when he got that tree between us, I literally, like, jumped from a seated position to my left. And when I, like, land out to my left laying down, I see him running away, and I shot him in the back of the head. I was like, yeah, he tried to pull that trick on me, but I knew it was coming this time because he shuffled those wings. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. He was doing it, man. Like, he didn't see me jump to the left. He was already running away because he had seen me and was walking towards me till he got that tree between us. I mean, they're unbelievable, but that's, that's what they do. They get something between you and them. And then they're gone. They vanish. They they tunnel and quit the earth. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people they don't they don't give enough credit to a turkey for being as smart as they are. You know, it, I think it's been scientifically proven. It's said somewhere a white tail has like a three month memory span. I swear, turkeys have a memory span like a person does. They are oh. smart. Their instincts are so sharp. They notice everything in their surroundings. Their hearing is phenomenal. Their eyesight's great. My dad always told me, he's like, you know, he's like, if a turkey could smell like a deer, you would never kill one. They would be the hardest thing to pursue. No, you you never would. And it's, they're all different, but those ones that, it's like some of them figure it out. And when they do, they're just so hard to kill, you know, and then, then you run into a two-year-old that's, looking for love and it's like man that was easy you know but for every one of those there's 10 other ones that just whoop the soup out of you but that's why you mm-hmm. keep going back you know oh yeah keeps you hungry and keeps you after it i think with that too you know it's like there's a lot of guys like i mean a lot of guys big in the deer hunting world dan infall being one of them he'll talk about you know bucks will bed adjacent to an access point or a parking lot or any kind of main gathering where people get first thing in the morning or wherever they're going to park or set up at to head into the woods and start and they'll watch hunters on their way in and that's automatically like their red flag and be like you know what i need to go run off take my exit route wherever it is i need to go to be safe it's like it's a theory i have in my head it's like you know when get your take on it i think that old mature toms will roost fairly close or on a high point adjacent to like a parking lot or access 
and they will hear the sound of truck doors and they'll know when people are showing up and they'll know whether or not how, all right, am I going to, am I going to gobble a lot? Cause any hen hears me once or twice. She knows I'm up here. Yeah. I think it's something that they do to put themselves in a position to where, all right, I know exactly where I'm going to go today and have no one screw with me. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could walk up and ask a turkey that. I don't know. I will say the one that whooped me in Georgia was about 10 yards off the freaking road where he was roosted, you know, and I've seen some turkeys like that, that everybody knows that that turkey's there. Like every local in the whole town knows he's there, but nobody can kill him. Those are some bad dudes, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and and there's a bunch of stories like that where the turkey literally is just known to all that he roosts right here, but nobody can kill him. And it's like he roosts there because it's advantageous that he knows the humans are there. And I wish I could ask one if they ever do that, but I wouldn't doubt it from my experience. I've seen them. I've been on a turkey that was gobbling his dead gum brains out next to a road. And then all of a sudden I heard that gravel crunching from a truck. He went quiet. The door opened. Dude, box calls. All silent. Door closes, growl goes crunching off, fades off into the distance. Oh, he's right back to it. You tell me that turkey doesn't know what is happening, you know? <laughs> right. He, yeah, they're... Just, they figure that, that junk out pretty quick. The two-year-olds might get killed pretty quick, but the survivors, they got that gravel crunching, all that stuff. They, they know what's happening when that comes around. Oh, yeah. It's like even last spring, it's like, Hell, me and Nick, we were out on a piece of public. It's pretty close to us. And it's like, he gave me the strangest look I think I've ever seen him give to me when I was like, man, did you hear that one down the road? Yeah. Like three, 400 yards down the road. Hell, let's run down there to him real quick. No, let's hop in the truck. No, he's going to hear the truck. Let's just run down there to him, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd much rather walk to him. He probably would hear the truck. Now, as far as like, you know, going around state to state, what is your favorite state to hunt by far? Well, I love my home state of Tennessee, obviously, and that's just because I've had so many memories here and I get to hunt it the most. But, you know, all of them are so cool. You know, it's almost like that's a loaded question. It would almost have to be like regional. You know, if I wanted to go hunt, western turkeys i'd probably go to south dakota you know so far that one was one of my favorites the prairie out there and the you know the trees and so it's just beautiful out in south dakota if i wanted to hunt you know serious swamp turkeys i'd go to florida and hunt those osceolas you can't get more swampy than that and if i'm wanting to hunt a you know crystal clear cool morning on a mountaintop i'd probably be in new hampshire and there's plenty of turkeys up there and it's just that whole area up there in the northeast is so beautiful um you know and if i want to get my absolute tail whooped and never kill a turkey and just feel like a dog i'd go to alabama yeah from everything that i've ever read or ever heard or like watching videos it's like alabama is like you get correct me if i'm wrong but you get five tags in alabama don't you 
for now. They're about to change that, but yes. Okay, I see. And yeah, I mean, from all the lists and all the reportings and everything, Alabama right now, I guess, supposedly has the most turkeys per acre out of the other 49 that have turkeys within them. I mean, if you want my complete honest opinion on that, that's complete and absolute BS. But really? I've been to 19 states, Alabama being one of them. I lived in Alabama for four years when I was in college. They have turkeys. I mean, there's definitely some turkeys there. Per acre, no chance they have the most turkeys. Like the, South Dakota what? or Maine, I mean, it, no, there's no way. <laughs> Would you say being like one of them two states, like what state have you like, where have you ran into the most turkeys before? I mean, like South Dakota, like I felt like I could have just filled the entire truck bed and gone home. Like, you know what I mean? And, and for Easterns, I guess Maine was about like that. I mean, it just, Alabama was not like that. I don't care how many tags they let you get. At least the part of Alabama I hunted, they were pretty hard to come by. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean. Granted, I mean, some preserve down there where they don't hunt and manage the property, you know, intensively. Yeah, they probably got a bunch of turkeys on it. But when you're talking just over the general whole landscape, not nearly as dense as other states I've hunted. And as far as like, you know, going through in the process of like out of state hunting, say a guy wants to get into it, try different states, is for turkey a lot like a lot of big game animals out west? Is there like drawings for tags or majority of them? Are they over the counter or how does that yeah, usually go? There's a couple drawings. You know, there's actually, I'd say, more drawings in the southeast for turkeys. And that's just because the competition's so much higher that a lot of WMAs have gone to quota hunts. The out west hunting, there's a lot of over-the-counter opportunities. And I mean, yeah, if 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 you told me like Cameron, if you go kill a turkey in the next 10 days, I'll give you a million dollars. I'd go out west, like without a doubt, and go up to like South Dakota and hunt. You know, I mean that. There's so much public land. There's so many dead gum turkeys, and the locals could care less about hunting turkeys. Like, they think you are an idiot for being there, you know. And that's that's what I'm looking for, you know. Why are you here? They're just running around everywhere. I mean, why would you drive all the way up here to kill them? I'm like, that's why I'm here, because they run around everywhere. <laughs> yeah, Sounds so like the kind of place I want to see. Everybody yeah, I mean, listening, everybody listening though, South Dakota sucks. You don't go there. Yeah, yeah, don't go there. But no, it, it's there are some drawings. I mean, Arizona, I think, has a lot of drawings. I mean, uh, New Mexico has some drawings. Nevada's draw only unless you do the landowner deal. I think Colorado has some drawings. I mean, most states have like at least a couple draw hunts. That doesn't necessarily mean they're the best places to hunt, but I will say some of the southeastern states that I've hunted draw hunts on, they've been pretty decent just solely because you know how many people you're competing with, which helps. 
but it's not quite like big game to where, you know, Arizona, if you draw that tag, you're going to kill a huge bull elk, you know, it's lesser than that. I'd say with turkeys. Right. And another thing too, you know, I wanted to bring up and it's something I've, I've been seeing this for the past year or so. It's like, how do you feel about when guys go out and they get a bird within range, but yet for some reason you're watching their video or whatever, or reading about them talking about it, you know, well, he was just, he was a two-year-old Tom. I just, I didn't feel like shooting him, figured I'd give him another year or something. I want, I'm after those four and five-year-old, those real old tough gobblers. Like, how, how do you feel about stuff like that? I think if the sport continues the way it's going and we have more hunters now pursuing the turkey than ever and we're killing too many freaking turkeys i mean that's the bottom line but i don't think it would be a bad thing if people did start kind of taking a deer hunter's approach to it of like i'm gonna wait on the the bigger buck, you know, like I'm gonna pass the small bucks and kill a big one. I don't particularly think that would be a bad thing for the sport of turkey hunting, especially with, I mean, to go and kill a turkey today, it's the easiest time in the history of the world to go kill a turkey. You got shells that'll shoot further, chokes that'll help you shoot further, guns that'll shoot further. You got Onyx telling you wherever property line is. You can go throw a fan in front of your face and crawl out and shoot him in the field. You can do whatever you want, and it's fairly simple to kill a turkey these days. So if people wanted to start kind of going for trophy status turkeys, I don't think that exactly would be a bad thing for the sport. I'm not there. If he comes in gobbling and shows me the full show, you know, a two-year-old comes in acting like a man, he can die like a man in my book. That's, but <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I said the same thing to Nick a few weeks ago. I was like, Nick, I tell you what, I was like, after, the, after last year getting fooled one too many times, my guilty pleasure is shooting little bucks and watching Jake's come in strutting. If he wants to talk like a man, he can die like one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't shoot – I shoot – I'll shoot a Jake in the fall of the year. I mean, that's, that's when you kill the Jakes and you know, that kind of thing, but I don't really particularly shoot many Jakes in the spring. If I'm out of state and it's the last day I can ever hunt there, I'll shoot a Jake before I wouldn't, you know, but two-year-old gobbler comes in, like he's going down. Like there's no doubt in my mind. I mean, if I owned a thousand acres of prime Turkey habitat, and managed it and all this stuff. And I had two tags for the full season. Yeah. A two-year-old with, you know, three quarters of an inch spur comes in. I might let him walk and wait on that big gobbler, you know, cause I, you know, I know I got the full season. I own the land. He's not going anywhere. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think that would be a particular bad thing for private landowners to practice would be, you know, I want to fill my tags with the bigger turkeys on my property. So I'm not opposed to it. You know, don't expect me to do it, but I'm not opposed to it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the other thing too, it's like what you said, it's like it being the easiest time now, now more than ever to go out and kill a Turkey with, you know, we got guns, we got chokes, we got shells that can shoot out to 80 or 90 yards. I'd like, 
I mean, I love the idea of that because it's like, you know, you, you've been working one for quite a while, but he's just hung up right there on that threshold where it's like, he's not breaking over, but I can see him and his head stretched out. and I would have a shot at that point. I'm like, I'm a huge advocate for that. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. Plus two, it's cool to brag to your buddies and be like, yeah, I shot him at 75 yards with the three inch number five. But then at the same time too, I'm just kind of like, man, it, it really takes it away for me. Cause it's like, Barry Winsel, big old school bow hunting guy that I've read it on. He, one of his quotes about bow hunting whitetails is like, bow hunting is not a, I think it's not a game of how far, but how close. And for me, yeah. it's the same thing with turkeys. It's like, you can give me a turkey at 60 or 70 yards to shoot at, but the ones that I'm going to remember the most and the ones that I want, I want the ones that I break over and I have them come in my lap because at that point, I know it's like, I've won this match. Yeah. And he is completely, fully committed to me. The, a, amen, because the, the problem in my mind we're facing with these turkey declines and stuff, in my mind, turkey hunting is a game almost. I mean, it, it is a, a battle and a game. And in order for it, to be what I want it to be, it needs to be fair. And, and these days it, it has swung with the technology and capabilities of our guns and things. The humans have taken an unfair advantage over the turkeys. And, and so for me, I think that it's a 40 yard game. I mean, that's, that's my conviction. And that's how I, I want to play it because I want to make sure each participant in the game, myself and the turkey, have an equal chance at winning, you know. And then I feel like I've really done something. I mean, when you played Madden or whatever as a kid, if you built a whole team and put everybody on 99, you know, speed and strength and all that stuff, I mean, you're going to win. Like, congrats, what'd you really do, you know? <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm to me, that's that. how turkey hunting's gotten these days, where it's like, I shot him at 90 yards behind my strutting fan. And I'm like, that's cool, dude. What'd you actually do? Like I could have Nancy Pelosi could go do that. Like it, it, that's <laughs> anybody, anybody. I don't care if you've never hunted a Turkey in your life. My wife, she's never hunted turkeys. I could hand her a fan and some TSS in a 12 in a 10 gauge TSS, three and a half inch. And she could probably kill a limit of turkeys this year. You know what I mean? But what have you really accomplished? To me, I want to know that I won the game fair and square. And I called that turkey into gun range, fooled him into thinking I was a hen turkey. And I fooled him into walking into my lap and I shot him. That That's the game for me. And with the TSS, you know, everybody says – Oh, you've opened a can of worms on me, but the <laughs> everybody says like, oh, I, I use TSS, but like I don't shoot them, you know, further than I normally would. I never would do that. Well, I thought I was in that camp. I bought a box of TSS shells a couple of years ago. And I was like, well, you know what? It's still a 40 yard game. I'm just going to use these because they're more lethal. You know, when he's closer, I'll kill him more dead somehow. You know, it's better that way. Well, you can tell yourself that all you want. Well, when you feel like you've 
been battling a turkey for six hours and he hangs up at 55 yards and you got TSS in your gun, you're letting it freaking rip. Like, I don't know who can stand that. And I, I thought I was better than that, but after I killed a couple of turkeys at 50 plus, I was like, I'm never buying these shells again. Cause it's made me feel like I can kill them too far, you know? <laughs> and so I, I put those away and went back to lead shells where I put it back in a 40 yard game. And for me, that's the decision I had to make because I, I'm like, I can't control myself in the moment in the heat of battle when he's at 50. I, I can't help but shoot him. Like, I can't. So I had to take away a crutch of TSS and go back to lead to keep it at a 40-yard game. So it, it's just – turkey hunting has gotten, like, people – want to kill a turkey so bad to put that fanned out picture on social media they'll do whatever it takes they'll shoot them at 90 yards they'll do whatever it takes they don't they don't care i mean there's not there's not as much respect of the bird now as there used to be that's that's just my two cents that might even be three cents worth on the matter right i want to go back to the days where of like you know ray i and alex rutledge Eddie Salter, a lot of these older guys, even yeah. when Will Primos was back in his younger days and Toxie Hayes and all those guys were hot and heavy into it. And it's just like, I want to go back to the good old days of like, it is, it's a 40 yard game between you and that bird. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like you tell me with a shotgun, you're shooting a shell that has an open pattern that opens up. The further you shoot, the more it opens. You tell me who is the more impressive, like, shooter, if you want to go with, like, accuracy. The guy that shoots a turkey at seven yards while he's bobbing his head with a shotgun or the guy that shoots him at 90 yards? The guy at 90 yards could have misaimed by 10 feet and still maybe killed the turkey. Like, a stray pellet may have hit it. He may have made a terrible shot. If he's at... 10 yards and you've got a turkey choke in, if you're not dead on his freaking head, you missed. You know what I mean? I mean, it's with a shotgun. You're not shooting a rifle. Like, yeah, you shot a turkey or a, a deer at 700 yards of the rifle. Good marksmanship. That's great. With a shotgun, the closer the bird is, the harder it is to hit him in the head. That, that's I don't get this whole long-range turkey thing, people thinking it's impressive to shoot him at long range. Like, congrats, dude. A stray pellet may have hit him. You you may have literally sucked at aiming. I mean, I don't get that. No, I I completely I'm right there with you because it's like I mean it's it's one of them deals. Like yeah, good for you. I'm gonna just do it my way and keep going about it and try and get them right in my lap. What kind of what shell and like choke? What setup you run? So I just use a Remington 870. I got a Carlson choke and Longbeard XRs is what I use. And I mean, yeah. if I had to shoot a target at 50 yards, I think they would kill him, you know, but I know it'll kill him at 40 and with XRs, um, I'm, you know, in a field, it's really easy to misjudge. So I know I have that little bit of wiggle room, but those shells have done me well for years. I've never had a misfire or anything like that. And so that's what I'm running. They pattern well out of my gun. I mean, everybody needs to pattern their gun before the season every year. Uh, I'll tell you a quick little story on that. I 
had a Benelli that I killed no telling how many creatures with squirrels, ducks, deer, uh, turkeys, rabbits, everything with this shotgun. Well, I, you know, I thought it was dead on, so I never patterned it. Well, turkey season came around, I started missing turkeys. Like, this is the 10th year of using it. Well, I went to the patterning board after I missed a couple of turkeys with it. I mean, this thing was shooting three feet low. So I don't know what happened. I don't know if the barrel got bent doing something or it just wore out and warped or, you know, whatever happened. But that's why every year, no matter what, I'll go one shell, put it in the gun, shoot a turkey target, dead on, good. You know, I'm good to go. So I just encourage people to always pattern your gun because you never know something may have happened in the off season you didn't even know about and that it's off, you know, so make sure you pattern your gun at least with one, just use one shot a year and pattern. it. Right. And then as far as like distance, like what's the one, would you say 40 yards is that happy medium for just a one shot kind of to judge and tell be like, all right, this is where I need to be at. As far as my pattern looks fully capable enough to kill a turkey yeah i mean i usually will set the target yeah this year i shot it at 40 because i know that's the the furthest range i could kill him at and it, it patterned well at that point but at you know 10 it's gonna be really tight so if, if it was my first time ever using a shell and gun and whatever combo I would probably shoot it at maybe 30 yards. I'd say is a good range to judge the how open the pattern is and how accurate the gun is, you know, that kind of thing. But if you've used it and you know what it does, I shoot at 40 every year. It's my one shell to pattern the gun. I'll shoot at 40 just to make sure it's on. But if it was a new gun, new shell, new choke, I'd, I'd do it at 30 probably because you can really see the point of aim and stuff like that from that. That's awesome. I think that's just like – it kind of wraps it all together. You know, it's like people think turkey hunting is – it is like they think it's extremely simple because it's like, oh, you're using a shotgun. But like when it comes down to it, the ballistics behind it is so impressive and like – what shells can do now you know i mean it's crazy the kind of patterns that you can get between 20 30 and 40 yards like there's loads that with the right choke it can completely decapitate a turkey versus using something else you know this choke with this shell you might only get 40 percent of the shot that you would get versus this other shell over here Oh, yeah. I, so it's crazy. Longbeard XRs, I used the number five shot. And I had the Longbeard XR number fives. And, you know, I shot a target. And it was a, I mean, I thought it was a good enough pattern at 40 yards, but it, it wasn't like fantastic. But it was like, hey, you know, that would have, that would have killed a turkey, you know, no doubt about it. And so, at 40 yards, I'm pulling it up now, I was shooting, I got 101 pellets in a 10-inch circle. Longbeard XR number fives is a Carlson chip. I was like, you know, that's pretty good. Well, I went and bought another box of shells for the season, 
And I didn't realize it, but Longbeard XR makes two types of shells. They have the regular ones and they have magnum blend, like magnum shells is what they call them. So I accidentally bought Longbeard XR magnum number fives. And I was like, crap. When I realized it, I was like, this sucks. Like I, I already knew what my gun did. So I went and shot it again. Well, the magnums put 211 pellets in a 10-inch circle. And I'm like, well, that was a good mistake. I'll stick with the magnums. You know? <laughs> and, and the only difference between the two is the magnums shoot a little bit slower and have one-eighth more pellets in them. So not even that many more pellets, but apparently shooting a little bit slower, the pattern holds tighter at, at you know, 40 yards. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's just to amplify your point, any little detail in your setup, if you change the choke, any kind of shell, the size of the shell, the size of the shot in the shell, it, it can, there's no telling what it's going to do to your pattern. Yeah, and that's the one thing I'm really, I'm not looking forward to it because we're less than a month out from our turkey season, which I'm stoked about, but it's like you're saying before every season, you need to go out and just at least shoot one shell couple shells out of your gun just to see where your gun's patterning at man when it comes to target practice and pattern at a turkey shell you give me enough of them it kind of hurts after a while dude my 870 like i love that gun but i literally like when i got back from my last turkey tour my right cheek was bruised that, like, <laughs> and i'm not even joking I had a massive bruise on my face. Like that thing kicks like a dead gum mule. And, you know, I don't feel it when I pull the trigger, not one bit when I'm shooting a turkey, but when I'm patterning my gun, it I feel every inch of the gun hitting me, you know? <laughs> yeah. I agree with that 110%. It's like you get to the point, you know, the outside of your body, You'll quit shaking the more birds that you kill. You flip that blood to ice water. But inside still, your heart is just about to jump out of your chest. And whenever, when it's all said and done, you don't ever feel it when that gun goes off. Oh, Not when no. you're shooting at a turkey. You're shooting a paper, though. Yeah, screw that. I'm out. You can have all that you want. Yeah. No, a, a turkey gun on paper, it feels like it literally is going to blow your shoulder and right cheek off if you're right-handed but <laughs> when i'm shooting a, a turkey like it's like he's there and then all of a sudden i'm on his neck like i don't even realize anything happened between those two moments like <laughs> it, it's, it's just like, like you black out like you just <laughs> you shot him and then you're standing on him like okay wow that went good you know you don't realize <laughs> you, you don't feel anything so yeah, but, I can't yeah. imagine. I can't imagine people shooting a three and a half inch shell, like a three and a half inch full blown number five turkey mag. Uh uh, screw that. Three I can't imagine the guys that are running a Browning 10 gauge BPS with like three and a <laughs> half inch, two and a half ounce tungsten. Like they literally, like when they shoot, you their buddies have to come like peel them back off the tree. I mean, I don't know how you can <laughs> do that. Yeah, I got no clue at all. It blows my mind. I got one guy I went to high school with, and he hunts religiously with the 10-gauge and swears up and down about it. 
And he was bragging, oh, yeah, I killed that. I killed him out in the field 55, 60 yards. I'm like, I mean, it's the same thing as shooting a really good shell out of a choke, you know. Yeah, I mean, people are doing that with like a 20 like gauge. 80. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm not big into the whole – my brother and I have talked about that. It's like there's kind of two people with turkey hunting. Some people love the shooting aspect of it, like the the gun, how many pellets they can put in the target, you know, that kind of thing. Like people, Some people love that aspect of hunting. And I like, and then the other part of people really love the calling and like the, the essence of the hunt. And I'd say that's more where I am. Like, I, guns don't fascinate me that much personally. And I, I don't have any problem with people that does. I'm just saying it, it's just interesting to me because some people like love dove hunting because like they shoot them, you know, and they're moving fast, you know, that kind of thing. And those kind of people with turkey hunting like love to go pattern their guns like 50 times a year. And I'm like, if I shoot one shell and it hits true, I'm good. Like, I'm going to the woods, you know? <laughs> no, I agree with that full 110%. It's like that. It's been the biggest thing for me with turkey hunting. That's like, I mean, it holds such a special place in my heart to me because it's like to be able to vocalize with what you're trying to hunt and you're talking to it and trying to convince it and you're bringing it to you, that to me is just, it, it's a whole new level of dealing with an animal in any way you want yeah. to slice it. That's the freaking hunt, man. You're, you're talking to a bird. Like, that is sick. That is the coolest thing ever. And you're out maneuvering. Like, that's the whole deal. The trigger pull for me is... I'm happy for it, but at the same time, like everything before it, I mean, it's been just this build up. I mean, there's all this going on. Your heart's pounding. You're thinking all this is happening. You pull that trigger, it's over, right? At that, it's done. Everything's quiet. It's all done. Whether you missed or not, I mean, if you hit him, you missed. It's over. The hunt is done, final. No more heart racing, you know, that kind of thing. So it's kind of like, I'm really glad I killed him, but like, man, it kind of sucks it's over, you know? <laughs> no, I agree with that 110%, like all the way. That I don't think you can describe it any better than that. Yeah. As far as... It's just, it's weird. Cause like, I want to kill him, but at the same time, like you want the, ex it's like, you want it to be like a full battle from daylight until the five minutes before dark. And then you kill him, you know, like you get the yeah. whole day out of him. <laughs> it's like here in Missouri, it's like, we can kill one the first week, but then you got to wait till the second week to kill the second one. But if you don't get one in the first week, then the second and third week of season, you know, you could kill two back to back days if you wanted to. And it's like, for me, it's like, I want to kill one as quick as I can but I want to savor it as much as I can because if I killed one the opening day of season and turned around and killed one first day of the second week, I'd be happy, but it'd be like, I'd be sad at the same time. Cause it'd be like, I'm going to need more people to take Turkey hunting because now I can't kill one. Yeah. You know, I've, I've considered getting like a broomstick or something and putting a tacticam on it that has the crosshairs for when I tag out and I could go out there and call him up and put those cross arrows on him on video and just go bang 
And I mean, I'd be, you know, I'd know whether or not I was on him and killed him. Because mm-hmm. I've thought about seriously doing that. Because, like, you know, last year I killed my four in Tennessee the first week. And we got, like, a month left of the season. I mean, like, a month and three weeks, actually. So, like, I was kind of down. Like, dang it, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, I mean, I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to take a turkey. Yeah. So, yeah. People like don't understand the obsession that I have, but I, I just started going and hunting them without a gun. Like <laughs> <laughs> call it like I still was wanting the battle. I just couldn't finish it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And man, so I funny. just I ended up calling up some gobblers and filming them with my phone or whatever and had some really cool experiences. But for whatever reason, even like if the season's open and I'm tagged out, I still get and then I don't know why, but the day the season closes, I stopped going. I don't know why that's the case, but I, I could keep going <laughs> if I wanted to, you know, but I'm usually worn out by then. Man, that's awesome. That's like, that's like with me, my family, my friends, I think I'm crazy because it's like all the way up until turkey season in the spring, it's like I'm driving around looking in people's cow pastures and out in the middle of fields with my binos. And I always, I keep a turkey call in my truck in the spring, keep it in the glove box or something. And pull out an old slate and start hitting it when I see Tom's out in the field because I'll just drive around and go yeah. do that all a month before season I start going out I start listening to him of a morning go out in the evening listen to him then put birds to bed yeah it gets it turns my crank and it gets my blood boiling yeah I you know I'm kind of glad it only lasts three months because I'd probably just waste away and die if it didn't but you know i think in heaven we'll be able to hunt them all year and uh it is there's nothing like it man there is nothing like it yep it's 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 a blast it's awesome it's a game in itself and i think with that you know we're kind of coming up on our time hack here but before we finish off the last thing i wanted to ask you and something we've done in past episodes what piece of advice if you could give any piece of advice at all, what would you give to a new hunter getting into turkey hunting? My advice would be, and this may be just because of my experience, but rather than go at it yourself, and you can with the information available these days with social media, YouTube, podcasts like this. You can learn the sport yourself. But I, I, my advice if I was going to be a new turkey hunter would be to seek out the guy who is the turkey hunter in your community and see if he'll take you a couple times. And I think there's nothing more educational than being with a real turkey hunter and him showing you how he does it in the woods. I don't think social media and YouTube can replicate that. You need to find like a mentor to take you out and take you turkey hunting for just simple stuff. Like if you've never been, you never even thought about it. Would you even know to sit on the front side of a tree facing the turkey with your gun on your knees? You know, like simple stuff like that that if you just go once with like a true real turkey hunter, you will learn 
kind of the basics of the sport just from one encounter. So I, I would say my thing would be to try to seek out like a mentor turkey hunter, if that's what you were wanting to do. Cause that's what, that's what I did when I was a kid. And those moments are priceless in my mind. I learned more in those hunts than any other time. That's awesome. That I think is, I think that's excellent advice to give to anybody. It's just, a, it, it's such a great thing to have someone there that's done it before and knows what they're doing, but yet they kind of lead you in on those surprises along the way. It's like, well, they don't even know what's going to come next. It's yeah. like, and let them figure some out for themselves. But yet at the same time, it's like, Hey, it's like, sit this way, you know, put this piece of cover in front of you, trim these limbs out of your way, yeah. clear your shooting lanes up, you know? Yeah. You can listen to, you know, I, I love podcasts. I do. And YouTube and all that stuff. And you can learn a whole lot from them, but you can't learn as well as you can from a hands-on experience with an experienced turkey hunter like that is irreplaceable in my mind the physical somebody being there showing you what to do is is key yep i agree with that full 110 percent. that's awesome and since we're winding up here i'll go ahead and uh ask where people can find you at you know social media platforms podcasting platforms anything yeah. you want to share with us real quick well if i haven't offended you too badly from my spiel about midway through this thing you can <laughs> find me on instagram my handle is the godfather 49 it's not a prideful handle it's literally just a play on the movie the godfather i've had people tell act like i'm really prideful for using that handle but it's just the godfather 49 that's my Instagram handle. You can listen to our weekly podcast, the Turkey Hunter podcast on Spotify, Apple podcasts. Uh, you can go to our website, the Turkey Hunter podcast.com. Listen to us there. We do a weekly podcast. We release it every Thursday. Check that out. If you want some more info on turkeys and I'm on Facebook, I don't really do much on Facebook. Everybody's really controversial and angry on facebook so i don't do as much on there people on instagram are more like cool pick dude you know i like that more than the you know political stuff on facebook so i am on there as cameron weddington if you want to look me up there but instagram is probably where i'm most active and check out our podcast and i think that's about it for me if you're in west tennessee hit me up and if you need a mentor to take you out let me know that's awesome. That sounds good. If I ever find myself in Tennessee, you'll be the guy I'll be hitting up. But come on. As for as for anyone out there, it's listening to this, you know, we'd appreciate some feedback. If you want to leave it down, drop a comment, please hit that five star button for us. Cameron, thanks again for coming on with us. Really appreciate it. And as always, hunt relentlessly. Absolutely, buddy. Y'all too, and have a have a good spring. Y'all enjoy the woods and just soak in every moment you can. Never know when it might be your last. So just enjoy it for everything it is. Yep, that's right. See you guys.